Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Now we've got the right shade of yellow. It's time to kiss the ring. Your fun time wine boys are back to talk about episode five of Paramount Plus's limited series, The Offer, titled Kiss the Ring. This episode is directed by Colin Buxey and written by our main man, the creator of this show, Michael Tolkien. Joining me as ever is the fuck that to my guy, Will Chich. How you doing, Will? How's your week been? Uh, yeah, pretty good, mate. Not bad at all. I had the boy's birthday and we've had, uh, yeah, it's been, and it's a school holiday, so it's been a manager this week. But yeah, all good. Good, 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 good stuff. Um, well, should we get straight? Should we, yeah, let's get straight into it. Uh, those of you who have already have been listening for a while know that uh, we don't just we don't just talk about the offer. We, uh, we drink a little bit of wine. So, Will, what have we? What have you gone for this week? Um, wh- where are we from? What? 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 What brand? What? What? What flavour? Wine? Have we we have got a South African Western Cape uh, Pinotage, and it is not nice. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like yeah. It feels like this is a duffer week. I'm not We've sure. We've had a date, mate. I'm not sure whether it is a case of I don't know. We're not recording on our usual day for some reason. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's maybe. thrown us off. But um, uh. I've got a Casamania uh, Spanish wine. It's a uh, te- yeah, temporally uh, temp- Tempranillo, and it tastes like shit. Um, <laughs> I've got to say as well. I don't know yeah. how much this bottle of wine costs. Uh, my brother gave it to me, and I think he like won it at the works like raffle or something like that. And you know, it's a bad sign as well because he drinks red wine. So it's like, why is he giving this to me? And now we know. Now we know because it's a fucking shit. Fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, mine. Touch of smoke and spice, and it's great with. Lasagna or vegetarian sausages. Okay, okay. Um, mine is. Oh, enjoy this 
fruity, medium-bodied Tempranillo. Bursting, juicy, red and dark fruit flavours with a hint of spice. Uh, perfect with tapas, meat sauces and stews. Very, very... Oh, oh. Nice. I think when it says meat sauces and stews, it means put the whole fucking bottle in. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's good in a bolognese. Do you know what I mean? It's chuck good. it in a slow cooker. <laughs> yeah. Get all the alcohol off it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a cooking wine. I think that's what I've been that's what I've been done with here. I've been done with a cooking wine. <laughs> yeah, I think I may be in the same boat. Obviously I'm gonna drink it. Well yeah, yeah. We'll probably find out this will be the one where, like, tomorrow we'll be messaging each other going, I feel terrible. I feel yeah. the worst I've ever felt. It's like... <laughs> the, this, yeah. The bar, the bargain barrel wines. Um, so you told me this week that you were going to watch The Godfather. Did, did you get round to, to watching it? Yes, I did. I watched it with the other half. and. Um... Yeah, didn't go as well as I had hoped. Still a little bit, little bit, ang- not angry, but a little bit upset about it. Because I was sitting there thinking, I haven't seen this for ages, and fuck me, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. In fact, I think I messaged you halfway through, it, <laughs> fuck me, this is so good. And it just gave me, it, for some reason, I was compelled, I was walking home from the cinema, and just compelled to do impressions from from two of my favourite minor characters, which is yeah. Jack Waltz of "I'm gonna make her a big star," and um, uh, what's his name, Mo Green. I, lo- I just love, I just love that Mo Green speech at the end. Where it's like, "You buy me out, I buy you out." Like, uh, <laughs> I was, I was making my bones while you were still dating cheerleaders. I, lo- I, lo- I love it. I love those two, those two speeches, like real fucking scene stealers. Yeah, and I'd forgot because I hadn't seen it for it's been a while since I saw The Godfather, and I'd forgotten that bit the Mo Green stuff. Mm-hmm. I remembered all the Sicily stuff and you know the 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 meat of the story, but I'd forgotten the uh, yeah, I'd forgotten the Mo Green stuff. Yeah, I loved it. So I'm gonna watch Godfather 2 tomorrow, possibly. Oh. So is it, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, maybe by next week, maybe I'll get maybe I'll get one and two in. By next week, so oh, I love them. I love them. Um, so yeah, you interviewed your your other half about the film. What what were your questions that you wrote down for her in in the? Well, audience? I I planned to interview her and just like because we said, oh, we'll see what she thought of it. Because it'd be interesting to get a you know someone who's didn't even know anything about the Godfather. So I thought, so I just say I just um, I asked her what did she know about it beforehand. What did she like? What didn't she like? Are you looking forward to seeing The Godfather 2? Because obviously I assume she really enjoyed The Godfather because it's one of the best films ever made. So the assumption was she'd be really intrigued to see Godfather 2. Um, would she be now like to watch The Offer because she's watched one of the best films ever made? That kind of vibe. And I, I said, do you think, you know, do you think it is, it holds up as one of the best films ever made? And if not, why not? What is? Yeah, and the answers weren't what I was expecting. Well, should we hear from? Should we hear from Kylie? Yeah, we can do. Yeah, let's hear from her. Right, The Godfather. It was my first time watching The Godfather. 
Um, I genuinely didn't know anything about it beforehand. When you said, let's watch The Godfather, I said, is that the one I fell asleep to? And you said, no, that was something else that sounds similar to The Godfather, but probably isn't anything like The Godfather. What What was that film that she fell asleep to that is like The Godfather, but not The Godfather and possibly nothing like The Godfather? Goodfellas. Goodfellas. I, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, want, I wanted to clarify. <laughs> not just once, twice. So, fell asleep to it, so yeah. That's that. Didn't really know anything about it. I knew that there would probably be some shooting and some gangsters. And that was it. Um, what did I like about it? I I did quite like it. Um, it's not my sort of film, is it? Um. Yeah, it was good. Let me stop there again. What is, what would you say is is Kylie's favourite film of all time? So we, so 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 me and the audience can get 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 to know her a bit more. Obviously, we're kind of diving in at the deep end, getting her opinions on the Godfather here. Yeah. So Kylie's like um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is nice. a she loves that. Wes Anderson, big fan of Wes Anderson. So that kind of vibe. So. Good taste, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, good taste, or what I thought. So yeah, um, that I think Grand Budapest Hotel is one of her favourites, and then Labyrinth and things. But yeah, so she is eclectic. Nice, nice, but, nice. Yeah. I, I I probably will keep making these interjections. Just so yeah, it's nice to. That's nice, fine. Yeah, nice to get fine. to know Kylie along the way. It was long. Um, I did not like uh, his mouth. <laughs> that really irritated me. Um, and it was very off-putting. I'm glad that he was in a coma for the second half of the film because then I didn't have to look at his mouth moving. And then when you said, oh, yeah, he put cotton wool or something in his mouth... I just kept thinking about that afterwards every time he spoke because I thought, that's disgusting. I would hate to have cotton wool balls in my mouth. And I was thinking about that every time he talked and it was off-putting. I think, I think, like, just uh, just uh, uh, correct on this. I think he did that just in the test footage. I think in the actual film they had something else yeah. to, to do that. <laughs> so just to be clear... I said when he did when he was getting into the role, there's a, I said there's a scene in the office and it's in the, the program where he stuffs tissue into his mouth and does the shoe polish. At no point did I say in that in the whole of the Godfather he had cotton wool balls in his mouth. <laughs> that <laughs> just didn't happen. That was an that was an assumption that was made. <laughs> I love it. My favourite person was the second wife. Well, she wasn't the second wife. She was the, she was the first wife, but the second girlfriend, the one that was Italian but Greek. She was nice. She didn't really say a lot, but I thought she was lovely and she was lots of fun. 
maybe that's why I liked her, because she was lots of fun. Everybody else was very serious. I, yeah, I liked her. Mm, I don't think I like the Godfather himself. I think he's a bit of an arsehole. And I know that you said, oh, yeah, but it's a good film and it's about family. And I could tell by your face when you first asked me that you were like, oh, fucking hell, she's going to complain about this film and say that it's not very good. And you had that twitch on your face where you probably wanted to say horrible things to me. But So what is this twitch on your face, Will? Can you explain this twitch? Is this a, is a common clear. thing? <laughs> to be clear... I'm not going to say horrible things, but I obviously have a little bit of a and sometimes where I'll say like, so here's an example of this. When Fight Club was re-released in the cinema, we went to see Fight Club. I said, Kylie, have you seen Fight Club? She said, yeah, I've seen Fight Club. It, I was like, the one with Brad Pitt? Yeah. So we'll go and see Fight Club. Lovely. Big screen. Ideal. Left Fight Club sat down afterwards having a drink and I said to Kylie, I said, did you enjoy it seeing again? She said, I did enjoy it, but it's not the film I thought it was. And I said, what did you think you were going to see? Oh, you know, the Brad Pitt one where he he likes dogs. Snatch. <laughs> so that's the kind, and then I, Kylie said, oh, you've got to look, and I think it's like a, what the fuck is happening? Look, so yeah, that's that. That obviously, I must have a twitch in my eye that I'm not aware of, but I obviously have quite a lot in this house. <laughs> just, just on the verge of a stroke at any given yeah. moment. Just any, a rage-induced yeah. stroke. Yeah. To be honest, when you said, "Oh, it's not just about that, though, is it? It's about family." Yeah, it is. It's about family making you ditch doing the things that you actually quite like. I don't know, he was a college boy or something, wasn't he? And he said at the start, oh, I'm not like them. Ditching you being a decent person and a nice person and having a decent life for them. So they're not really that great a family, are they, really? And he scared his grandson when he was running through the tomatoes. He put those things in his teeth and made him cry and then carried on chasing him. So And then he died. And yeah, he's not really a very nice person. I'm not sure he's supposed to be. I know he's a real person, which I figured out halfway through the film. So is 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 Don Vito Corleone, or is this? Let let let. I'll well, sort of clarify it. Is this something you whispered halfway through the film? Well, <laughs> and also I asked this question after I heard this voice. No, as like, he's not a real person, though. And the response was, "Yeah, but you said it was based on a book." I said, yeah, a fictional book. <laughs> she said, so, yeah, apparently I had said it's all based on a real person. I didn't. I, the same with the cotton ball, wool balls. Again, an assumption has been made. But, yeah, he's, I don't know, a bit of, a, bit of an arse. Um, am I looking forward to seeing the second Godfather? Mm. Yeah, mainly because I want to see uh, Al Pacino turn into Scarface, which you told me had got nothing to do with The Godfather, which I don't believe. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's this come from? Absolutely no idea. This is what happens, see. Um, Kylie is a very intelligent, creative woman, and she's brilliant at everything she puts her hands to. But she does have these moments where she says these wild things. Like, what she's done there is the same with the Goodfellas thing. She has decided all gangster films are the same film and like a shared universe like Marvel. I can, That's what's I, happened there. I can almost buy into the thing of like some people kind of, if you squint and believe it hard enough, you can say that like Carlito's Way is a sequel to, uh, you know, if you t- if you turn yeah, Scarface yeah. off like five minutes before the end, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the sequel, Carlito's Way. Yeah, yeah, I love it. But uh... <laughs> but also, I'm not 100% sure if Kylie is thinking of Scarface. <laughs> That could be any film. So she's, she's, yeah, she's like, yeah, the one, the one, New York. He's in the leather coat, and there's the scene in the pool hall. It could, there could be a twist in the tale. That it turns out Scarface. She's thinking of is Godfather Part Two. So who knows? That's yeah. I'm, I, I, I like this. I like this. I like, I, 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 I like this kind of ongoing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe we have to get Kylie on for for an episode. <laughs> so yeah i'm quite interested to do the second one um would i watch the offer probably be interesting to see why they decided to make the film i mean i know why they wanted to make the film but i suppose the background into it maybe a bit more into their lives I still think they're assholes um, do I think it deserves to be held up as the best film I've made? No, no, of course it doesn't. I don't really understand why it is, why people say, oh, that's my favourite film, well, that's one of the best films I've made. There's plenty of other good films. Mr Megorium's Wonder Emporium, for a start. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium, can you shed some light onto this, Will? What is this? Is it, are you being trolled here? I have a feeling I am, because Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium, I know Kylie does like it, <laughs> but it's one of the films, I think once it was like, oh, we should watch that. And I was like, no, we should probably watch like Goodfellas or something, like a, a good film. So I think that is done purposely just to wind me up. But... <laughs> It's fine. I, I, I'm fine with it. But I am, like, I, I don't think Dustin Hoffman even remembers making that. He wouldn't hold that up as a good film. So yeah, it is Dustin Hoffman, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably not going Sophie's Choice Marathon Man or, or yeah. Mr. McGorium's Wonder Emporium. He's going, ah, Mr. McGorium's every day of the week, baby. They're saying that Mr. McGorium's Wonder Emporium, Kylie might be thinking of Rain Man. So, <laughs> and she mentioned something as well and i can only assume which says like about watching the offer like getting to know them better does she think that she's going to get to know the corleone family better thinking it's a show that's based on their lives well <laughs> don't think so because this could be a bone of contention yeah because 
had she have listened to these podcasts, she would know that. She told me she has. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So, well, interesting. Kylie, if you're listening, hello. Uh, yeah, hello. This is, uh, this is don't, don't don't tell her I said hello. We can we we yeah. can we can we can find out. We can plant the seed to see if uh, see, see if your missus is is a is a avid listener to us waffling on about the offer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's jump in. Let's jump into this week's episode, Kiss the Ring. Um, but before we do, Will, where did we leave the gang at the end of last week's episode? So, um, Brando is in. Pacino is out. He signed on to another project. Um, Ruddy is getting it from everywhere now. He's under a lot of pressure. Francis is still being Francis. Puzo is still being Puzo. Um, yeah, and now we've got this subplot with um, Joe Colombo. Joe Colombo. And um, our new character, Crazy Joe, is on the scene. Yes, yes, which leads us perfectly into the start of this week's episode. Our, yeah. our pre-titles, pre-title scene we get of... Um, well, I've got his name written down here. IMDb has it listed as Gino, but it's Carmine, right? It's the name of the guy who's in the yeah, car with Caesar. They refer to him as Carmine all the way through. Yeah, Carmine. I've got his Carmine. Yes. Yeah. So you've got Carmine and Caesar, and I'm not sure if you picked up on this, but Caesar is played by Jake Ca- Cannavale, who is uh, Bobby Cannavale's son. And like, it kind of it was one of those things watching it is bugging me. I was like, he looks fucking familiar, man. Well, I didn't pick up on that, but now, now I know. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. He's, he's like, if, all, you, if you kind of look at the art. Yeah, the, yeah. Just, now you know, said it. Yeah, yeah. He looks you can see it. a shrunken down Bobby Cannavale, right? He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, I didn't pick up on that, but no. Yeah. So they're driving in a truck, obviously, supposed to be, mm-hmm. I, I assume, to do some some dirty deeds and their car is stopped well the, the truck is stopped by a car who's in this car will it's only bloody crazy joe and what's what's, what's what's he got planned for well yeah so um there's a bit of a thing he gets out of the truck now carmine who plays carmine because i recognize it's is he a child? Was he a child actor as well? Yes. Was he in Hook? Yes. Yes, I, he was. Uh, it was, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought it was. He's yeah, he's James yeah, Maddio. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's thought, one of the Lost Boys from Hook. <laughs> yeah, because I was sitting there watching. I was thinking, sure, is it? But as younger, and yes, Hook. But yeah, so he gets out of the car, and um, Crazy Joe gets out with his new mates, and they. Uh, they off him. They off Hook, Carmine. So yeah, <laughs> and, and and in a pretty brutal way, right? It's what? Uh, yeah, like it's a... pretty. It's it, it's it's this scene comes. It could easily come from a gangster film, you know, like a proper gangster film. Because yeah, they shoots him with a shotgun and then lets Caesar go. Because obviously they say let him go, and then shoots Carmine in the face. Mm, well, yeah, which comes back. 
mm. to play in the episode. It's like a like the whole thing's a warning, right? Letting Caesar go is tell, yeah, yeah, tell, tell everyone, tell, yeah, t- tell everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, What's that from? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, and then we roll credits, and then we get a conversation between Al. Well, Al turns up on Bob Evans's doorstep, and this happens. What the fuck are you doing here? Oh, my God, you smell like a sick dog. What the fuck? I just got off a plane. I need your help. Boy, did you come to the wrong place. You told me do whatever it takes to get my movie made. You said the color outside the lines. I never told you to fuck me over. That was never my intention, Bob. Yeah, and Yoko Ono never intended to break up the Beatles. I don't give a fuck about your intentions. It was for the movie. It was for the good of the movie. Keep saying that to yourself. Listen, Pacino can't do the film. He signed on to another project. Problem solved, then. I need you to get him out of it. You have got to be fucking kidding me. Oh, come on, Bob. You've never even given him a shot. He's got something special. We need him. What you need is a fucking shower. Lush. <laughs> what, what a kind of, of start to an episode, right? Because obviously Bob Evans is pissed at Al Ruddy for going over his head and going to uh, Ch- Charlie Bludon about, about getting Al Pacino in the film. And... Again, it is. This is the stuff I love to see. I love, I love pissed off Evans. I love, love like, just his turns of phrases. Like, what he says to him, like, you, you smell like a fucking sick dog. Like, it's just. <laughs> well, he, like we said, it, repeating ourselves, but he, he is the standout in this because every time he's on scene, every scene, he seems to have one of those lines. Yes. That's an absolute pearl. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, you smell like it. It's just even like him saying mush, like instead of go, like he's just like yeah, mush. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I wonder. I, I do wonder how much is of his, that the mush stuff and that is him just doing it, or that is on if it's a little bit improvised because well, he. I, I imagine with like real life people as well, like Matthew Good could have done so much background yeah. research, like. I'd imagine if you were going to play Bob Evans, you would have like just ingested the kid stays in the picture audio book, like especially it's him yeah, reading yeah. it, just being like, ah. And I did, I did some research into it as well. That audio book, for some reason, is available in the US on audiobook on Audible, but not in the UK. And I am fucking living. Wow. Yeah, because I would have. I, that would be one of my credits. I would have gone straight on that after watching this. Because yeah, because he's such a character. I think, yeah, I didn't know. So it's not available in the UK. No, and I'm I'm like you can buy the book, but you can't buy the audio yeah, yeah. book. I'm I'm tempted to go to uh, illegitimate means because I own the book. Like now, do you know what I mean? What the like, book? Yeah, I own the book. the book. I bought the fucking yeah. book. I bought the book. Fuck these guys. <laughs> Paramount are listening. And like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the Bob Evans estate are going to be knocking on my door. <laughs> you fuck fucking... these regions. You, yeah. you fucking steal it from Bob Evans. <laughs> Bob Evans' ghost is going to haunt me. <laughs> you pirate my fucking book. <laughs> oh. uh, hmm. If only. Imagine that's a sitcom, isn't it? Oh. The, You're going to be haunted, be haunted by Bob, innit? Yeah. 
Did I tell you about the time that me and Jack Nicholson were at a fucking party, man? <laughs> All exposition. Jack Nicholson from Chinatown. <laughs> you know, Jack Nicholson. The Jack Nicholson. So, yeah. The easy rider, baby. <laughs> the easy ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, we cut to Barry leading a meeting with the shareholders, trying to convince them to get rid of Paramount, right? And what are you, yeah. what, what, what you kind of... <laughs> Barry's been a shithill from the beginning, right? He's not really doing any yeah. favours. He's kind of like, he's, I don't know, one of the villains of the piece in this. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't seen... He's not... We don't see much of him. When he does turn up, he's just there to be a prick. Yeah. That is his main role in this show. Like, it, there's, there hasn't, everyone else has had their little moments where you get a bit of an insight into why that he literally just comes on to, appears to be a wreck. And yeah, and this is again, this is what he does. He's, yeah, he's holding the board meeting and he's pushing for them to sell Paramount now. What did you think, you know, when he kind of throws over to Charlie and like the, the camera kind of holds on him and he hesitates? What did you think he was going to say when he kind of says that? What do you think, Charlie? For a moment, I thought there was going to be, uh, Charlie was going to say, absolutely not. I thought that was going to be the thing. It was going to be a moment, but we didn't really have that. It just, yeah, it was just a hesitation. But I did think we were going to have one of these over-the-top moments where he goes, I never sell Paramount. But yeah, so... That what? didn't happen. It was I, that scene was just in there for a bit of Hank's prickage, well, and obviously to set up the fact that this is a real well, world thing now, right? This not speculation. Like obviously we had the whole no. plot of is Evans going to get fired from Paramount? Like kind of bit of a MacGuffin, and now it's now we actually know that the ball is rolling for them to potentially sell. I, I do, I do love Charlie's line though. Where it's like people think I'm sentimental about the things I own. Uh, and I uh, about Paramount, and I won't get rid of it. I'm very sentimental about everything I own. That's why I demand a lot of money. He's a proper like yeah. Bond villain, and he's like one million dollars. He may as well be stroking a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. twenty million dollars <laughs> for Paramount Pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then we cut to the casting office. Uh, we have Francis and Andrea discussing the casting. Um, and Betty comes in to break some bad news for our boy Frankie. Uh, well, what's the what, what's, what's the news she's got for Francis? Yeah, so they've lot. Is this the permits? This is no, so she's come to tell them, oh. that, she's come to tell Francis that, um. Pacino's out of the picture. Of course, yeah, he he doesn't know yet, does he? He's not aware that Pacino is out because they've in the previous episode they had the um the meeting with him. Yeah, so she lets Francis know that Pacino is no longer in the picture because he signed on for another film. And <laughs> it's obviously you see like the kind of I don't know, the the night not naivety of Francis, but there's an aspect of like obviously Andrea's like well. James Khan's in the film anyway. We can just move him over. And he's like, we can't just fucking move him over. And he, she's like, well, this just happens in Hollywood all the time. Like, it wouldn't be like yeah. that big of a thing, right? And um, 
But like we've said before in this show, it is kind of like, and I do like this thing that it's obviously we know that, I don't know, not that we know, but like there is speculation that Bob Evans probably will go to work. Do you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, he wants, he now, like, yeah, like it's that thing of, I don't know, that that everything could be in the balance here. So he's like, he wants the picture to get made anyway, because if, if anything, he wants his, his winning streak to continue, right? Yeah. Bob Evans is a man who just, he wants, he's a winner. He wants to be on top and he, yeah, he, he's doing his thing, but he, if it means the film will get made and he can continue his, his absolute winning streak of one film. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, but yeah, so it's going to get made. So, and obviously Francis is not happy because Pacino's his, his boy. And we cut, yeah, we go to a scene of um, Bob Evans with Ali McGraw watching Panic in Needle Park. Roll it back, would you? Again? How many times do we have to watch Panic in Needle Park? There's a scene of the Godfather script. Michael tells his brother-in-law he's not going to kill him, but we know he's lying. It's a shocking scene, but it's got to be played in the subtext. Pacino doesn't have to say a word, and I can't take my eyes off him. An ice blue, terrifying film about people you love. Fuck it, Ruddy. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Fucking Ruddy, man. Ruddy how? As I as I keep saying this, Ruddy <laughs> <Yeah>. how? <laughs> but again, in that, like we've said, with these needle drop, these moments where they, and it's a thing of not being subtle. Like he's already said, roller again, and then she said, "How many times do we have to watch Panic at Needle Park starring Al Pacino?" Yeah. So it's again, it's a little bit like in your face with but i don't mind it yeah i like it I, 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 and for that pay, and for that payoff line with fucking ruddy it's great i I've, I've actually ordered a copy of panic and needle park because i feel like a kind of it's a blind it's an al pacino blind spot for me yeah i've never seen it and if it's if it's sold especially if it's sold over our boy bobby evans on a yeah. on, on pacino it's got it's got to be some gold in there right and, it's got to be good um so i I don't know. No, no, we'll, 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 we'll talk about uh, Bob Evans. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Al Ruddy's career in a bit because I kind of I want to I want to <laughs> talk about Al Ruddy a bit in this episode, perhaps, and what what he went on to do. I don't know. Maybe we'll save that for a later episode about what what what, what uh, Al Ruddy went on to do after The Godfather because I think it's very fascinating and very. I don't know. He hops about, shall we say, from film yeah, to film. Yeah, it's um eclectic list <laughs> um so betty tells ruddy that gene that uh carmine's been shot right in the next scene and that jack ballard is waiting in his office and he's introduced to aram to kind of to say like this this is the guy we use it uh we're using and what 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 do we think of what do we think of Jack Ballard? Because he seems to be getting a bit more screen time now, right? He was kind of earlier episodes was Barry Lapidus's second hand man. Now he's kind of getting a bit more to do with. What 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 are we making of uh what are we making of Jack Ballard? 
Yeah, I mean, he's again, he's, he's there as another um, tension for Ruddy because he's getting involved a bit, and he's obviously he's more in mind of budgetary things and. He's just a bit of a thorn in Ruddy's side. Well, he loves kicking. Which I assume, he loves yeah, kicking I assume will be. Because he invites him out for drinks, doesn't he? And he wants to kick, he wants to kind of put the boot in. He's like, um, yeah, yeah we, should, we should talk about a few things. He's like, well, you weren't here for the meeting. You weren't here for the, like, the production meeting like uh, earlier or whatever. And it's like, oh, what a fucking prick, Jack. Yeah, he's, a, yeah, he's another one of our businessmen. Quick characters like um, Colin Hanks, who is playing Barry Colin Lapidus. Hanks guy, Lapidus, yeah. So he's another one. He's in another suit. Who's a pain in the ass already? It's. I think it's just to balance out the difference in how ready is the man who's come from nothing and to these business, these suits who are just there to be business minded. Well, yeah, well, it's like. Barry Lapidus is kind of Bob Evans's foil, and then Jack Ballard has kind of been set as being like his kind of company stooge foil for yeah, uh, yeah, for Ruddy, for Ruddy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, uh, where, where do where where do we move to next? Is this where we get the scene of Bob Evans just, going for going for lunch? Right, just before I just realised that. He is played by the guy from Robocop, the Melty Man. No. So, yeah, it's just like I was just looking. I thought, oh, I wonder what else. He... And it's just clicked that it is him. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> he looks a lot different. Obviously, he looks different in Robocop. He's melted. But yeah, it's him, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> there you go. Toxic Melty Man is him. Well, I never. Yeah, Emil from Robocop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, love it. <laughs> Which I wouldn't have had any idea looking at him because he looks totally different. But there we are. So, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, and then we, yeah. So, Bob Evans, I love this next scene of Bob Evans going for lunch with the. Uh, the head of MGM and MG- like his his pernickety thing with the the maitre d about like why the fuck is he yeah. sitting at my table? <laughs> I loved it. It's such a great little moment, such a Bob Evansy moment when he walks in, and yeah, he's livid that someone sat at his table. His booth, his booth, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when he turns up as well, he's like, ah, oh, sorry for being late. He's like, you're not late. He's like. Well, you know what I say. If you're ten minutes le- if you're ten minutes early, you're still late. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what is this meeting about, Will? That's what that's that's that's, that's what I want to know. Yeah. So the meeting is because obviously Bob has seen Panic in Needle Park starring Al Pacino now, so he he wants Pacino as well, and he knows his film will get made. He's gonna have easier, so he needs to get Al Pacino. But he also needs to get Al Pacino out of the film that he's obviously signed up for. So he's discussing maybe doing a swap. Yes. Yes. He wants to swap him for Robert De Niro, which I'm not quite sure. Like, did they have Robert De Niro for the role of 
Like they, they don't quite go into is De Niro signed on or anything, or like how do they, how are they swapping him for De Niro? That's what I don't quite get. <laughs> no, it, none of that is mentioned. It's just one another one of those name drops. I think we've got oh, they've mentioned Robert De Niro. So yeah, but we don't get into the the intricacies of how this swap would work. But that's the idea. They're going to swap Robert De Niro for Al Pacino. But it's not just a straight swap, is it? Uh, Jim Aubrey has some other caveats to his to his offer. Yeah, he wants. Um, yeah, he, he's not willing to do the straight swap because it's not happening. So he wants some um, books that um, Bob has obviously the rights to, and um, yeah, Bob's not having any of it at first. Not happening. But they negotiate. And then, he, yeah, was it one, one, one book, one book. Of, his, of his choosing? Which, like, you can, you can see the disdain on Evans's face where he's like, I fucking really don't want to do this, but yeah. I need doing to do that. Fucking don't look over face. his glasses, he does. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, he gives in. Then, then we move to, back, uh, back, yeah, kind of, we kind of flick back and Fourth between like the Bob Evans stuff. Well, just outside and like the production office a lot, and we get uh, we get introduced to Dean Tavalaris, who is the production designer on this film, uh, who was the production designer on on The Godfather, who is played by where is Dean Tavalaris? Oh, Eric Balfour. Um, yeah, what do you like? Uh, we, we we get a little bit of him in this episode. What do you think of what do you think of old Deany Boy as a new character? Yeah, yeah, this is one of the episodes. It's a, oh, it's quite fun. There's a lot of jumping about in this episode again. So I think we said it's a, it's a shorter episode than yes. some of the others. It does seem like a bit of a not a filler episode, but we're introduced to a few more people because we're getting to the the making of the Godfather now. Uh-huh. So yeah, there's these short scenes of people being introduced. So he's this character's one who's just introduced in a short, quick scene, kind of establishes where his vibe is. Yeah, and so he, that's, he's obviously got yeah. to be in his bonnet because he had he wants to build the sets. Like it kind of shows what a shambles it was. They're kind of the the ball is rolling ever closer to 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 start date, and he's like, I need to build these sets. We haven't got the permits to build these sets where we want them to. And then obviously, like, uh, I think Betty calls up the office and they find out that the guy who'd given them the permits has been sacked. And they're like, oh, no. It's be- like, already he's like, it's because he gave us the permits. That's why he's been sacked. Like, he's like, that's why he's been fired. He's already, yeah, Ruddy gives these, I got a, he's got a guy, a guy there. I got, I got a, a guy. guy the and then they, yeah, and they, they phone the guy and the guy's not there. <laughs> so, yeah, but it, it's come down to the, the permits are gone. And it's it's da- it's it's down to it's down to one man and it's uh Centre Biagi, they they assume. Um uh, Yeah. And then yeah, the, the, then we get the we get our first little dose of um our, our boy, uh Joe fucking Colombo. Um yeah. how 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 shrunken has Giovanni Rabisi got uh in five episodes into this show? Is he kind of scrunched all the way up yet? 
still pretty scrunched. He's, I think he's on the same scrunch level as last. He's not more scrunched, this, but I feel he might get more scrunched. But he's quite scrunched, and he's still sweaty. Yeah, he's, he doesn't. He, he's one who doesn't really get that much screen time in this episode either. It's kind of like, and nah, I, there's a, it's, I we've hate, got a few missing people in this episode. I hate to say Some. it as well. That I, yeah, I think this is the first episode we've had no Pooza, right? No, I was waiting for the poos, but no poos. So yeah, Fre- Fre- first episode. Yeah, friend of the podcast, um, yeah. Patrick Gallo. Uh, those of you who may not have listened, I'll direct you then that way. You can head back on the feed a couple of episodes, uh, like a few episodes, and you'll be able to hear my interview with Patrick Gallo talking about what it was like to play Mario Puzo and kind of get into this role, which was, if I say so myself, was a fascinating chat. It's an absolute. I don't mind saying it. You may. It's an absolute belter. Such a good listen. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. He's a, he's a he's an interesting guy. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and you know his brother. So. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Crazy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no. Yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 a shame because I love the Puzo stuff, but there's no Puzo in this episode. So mm. maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a full Puzo episode soon. More Puzo. Well, like, but yeah, we get these little new characters, but short scenes just there. Yeah, like I say, we're ramping up to the beat, the, the 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 making of it now. And obviously, this is the first episode. So so far in the series, the first two were directed by Dexter Fletcher, and the second two were directed by Al- Al- Adam Arkin, and now this one is directed by uh, Colin Bucks Buxy. Have you noticed like a uh, the change in director? Or have they all managed to kind of keep a keep a level tone for the show? I think, like we said before, I think sometimes if you're the person who makes the first cut of episodes, you do kind of set the tone. So there is that breeziness. But it, I think this episode in particular, oh, you've got these Bob Evans scenes, and Bob Evans is always great to watch because it this this show is still capery. They still it doesn't let up for a minute but there is definitely scenes which have become darker those first two episodes of Dexter Fletcher ones they're really light frothy zip along but there's they're not massive changes but you, there is slight changes in the tone like last week we had the scene with the um the pissing of the pants, uh-huh. which is a really is a dark scene, and then we had this opening to this one, which is quite you know, it's not in keeping with the show. It's it's, it's one of the darker scenes, and it's pretty brutal. And the guy does get shot in the face. Yeah. So yeah, I think the not massive changes, but you can see slight well, yeah, tonal shifts, and I can kind of see why they've gone to someone like Colin Buxy as well to like handle like the a few like i think yeah maybe he does a couple of mid-season episodes like because he his his kind of um his resume as it were of stuff is like he is a he is a tv store director like mm. has kind of been directing tv stuff since the 70s and like has kind of cropped up like here and there on like Stuff like Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, uh, Masters of Sex, Billions. Do you know what I mean? The Affair, yeah, yeah. The Sinner, 
Like, yeah, just kind of, uh, he did that, uh, an episode of Wu-Tang in American Saga. So he just has like a thing of like, he just seen a steady pair of hands, right? I think that's like kind of what you need. Like once you've, especially if you're like somebody who can match the tone that has kind of come before it, right? In the, in the or like the visual tone at least. Yeah. And I mean, this, like we said, this is a shorter episode as well. And it, it definitely feels like a mid-season episode because, yeah, we're introduced to characters really quickly and in there, and it's not it's opening more, but also I don't. It just feels like a mid-season episode. We're gonna get to a scene that I think if they wanted to do this as an hour runtime, like kind of draw, like pull back the thirteen minutes that this episode is missing. They could have given me 13 more minutes of a certain scene and I'll, I'll flag it up when we get to it because I could have I could have seen an hour. I could, seen a, I could have seen a bottle episode of a certain part of this episode. Yeah, and I think this... Is it... I think maybe that is one of the... Like, I, I love it. I love the show, but I can... It is one of the possible downfalls of the show that some things aren't given time to breathe. Uh-huh. Because it is so zippy and so frenetic sometimes. Like this episode, even though it's a shorter episode, it packs a lot in. It's just boom, almost boom, like, boom. Yeah. yeah, we're on to the next thing, on to the next thing. He's in a car and he's getting out of a car and he's in a, it, it, it zips along. Well, yeah, it's like, and it's sometimes like, it, it's like yeah, Rudd, it's Ruddy's in LA and then he's in New York yeah. in the next scene. It's like boom. He's boom, just boom. taking his coat off and walking through a door. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> they haven't. How did you get from there to there? They haven't even finished the conversation they were having. <laughs> so, and you do get a bit like, which is fine. That's what the show is. But it, yeah, I I was quite happy. Like you say, with those Breaking Bad episodes, like the the bottle episodes, I could have a Puzo Coppola, you know, bottle episode with that. that those are given time to breathe and bottle, things, a, you know. A bottle episode that, that has that has multiple bottles of wine consumed. In uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> just, just them getting smashed on lilos in a pool, slaving away on typewriters. Do you yeah. know what I mean like <laughs> ripping off pages, like pacing yeah. up and Sa- just, just talking, sandwiching one hand. Yeah, wine in the other. Yeah, that- talking over the scenes. I could have seen tons of that stuff of just those two. Yeah. Like, that really, I don't know, that, that, that's like a kind of like a two man play or like a kind of re, like a low budget film I would love to see. That, like, um, I don't know, yeah, yeah, just them two in that in that house. And yeah. I could, I could, it, I could see Dan Fogler and Patrick Gallo, like, if that was presented to them just in a heartbeat, they'd go, Yeah, we'll do it. You think so, and you can clearly from the interview you did as well, and watching them on screen, you can clearly see they are having an absolute blast. They mm-hmm. are in. You can tell, like, yeah, that's. I think that's why that chemistry of those two work, and those, well, like we've said a million times, that we love those scenes is because you can clearly see there is a genuine chemistry, and they are absolutely loving doing it. Yeah, <laughs> which is. Which is this is this episode was one of, I enjoyed it, but I think it did miss that those puzzle bits with Copper and I because it yeah like not saying again, but it does this did feel a lot like a mid season. Let's get some shell there so we can move on. Yeah, and there's and what 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 some of the other episodes done up until this point as well is there's been just 
time for people to hang out and discuss things like and i know that can be like quite ex or not even exposition heavy but just kind of talk yeah almost like talking about like what's happened in the plot so far and it's kind of i don't know i kind of, I kind of warm to those scenes like we've had it like in the last one with like them in the bar and stuff like that and we got that great speech from um stephanie koenig as um andrea eastman and stuff like that and it's like i don't know we don't we don't really get too much of that this this episode is really like let's let's push things forward do you know what i mean to quote to quote mike skinner yeah it is like and possibly that's why the runtime is shorter is because in the the world of this show it is almost in a sense a bottle episode and we're just not in that bottle episode of like just two characters but we're just getting as much out there now as we can so we can move on nothing mm-hmm. nothing in this there's no stand like real standout moments in this it's just a lot of info scene after scene after scene after scene 100 so yeah back to what we were talking about joe colombo and his guys are talking about yeah whacking crazy joe gallo and uh joe, joe joe's not uh, uh yeah joe's not having any of it he's saying uh, i gotta speak to the commission i gotta speak to the commission if we want to put out a whack on him leave it to me but the the festivities the fun is cut short when the popo arrive at their door yeah, the Popo bust in, the FBI. Um, yeah, they bust in and they're gonna with a to do a search, Joe Colombo's and he's nice, he's going to the whole hey guys. And um yeah, but as a passing shot, one of the uh, FBI guys says um but mentions the commissioner's name. Yeah. Another commissioner, yeah, yeah. Senator Biaggi, uh, right? Biaggi, yeah. And what? And one of the agents finds a, uh, a like crew pass on Caesar that links him to like Paramount and the Godfather, right? As well, so it's kind of like yeah, yeah. Some tension is built up. The 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 world is closing in, right? It's like not just the mob and the film are colliding. It's like now the the police are closing in on it as well. Yeah, Ruddy's getting it from everywhere, and I think that's what the the crux of this episode is is this building up that we'll get to it but ruddy's getting shit from everywhere now he's got himself in a lot of yeah a lot of elements going on which is going to cause him a little bit of hassle so yeah <laughs> um and that then that yeah then we well another <laughs> Then Evans calls Ruddy to uh, call him a call him a putz, but also to break the the news that they've got Pacino. And uh, one of the things I noticed as well is when when they're on the phone is Bob Evans uh, is watching Harold and Maud like on a, a, in a screening room. I didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I didn't uh, know a, it. a nice little like kind of. I'm not sure if uh, Harold and Maud would have been out at that time. It's just like. Oh, maybe okay, yeah. Oh, just the a film I like. <laughs> I didn't notice, but yeah. See, that's the same. Again, it's one of those little. They have these little snippets of things to look out for, even when there's not been hammered in your face. But they're literally saying the name of the program, the the actor's name in full, and the name of the. But yeah, 
Right, it's just that it's just Paramount flexing their muscles, right? Like we own this film from this time. It mm. would just be on in the background for people who who may have a vague interest in that kind of stuff. Um, and so we we yeah we get a scene we we get a moment between Francis and uh, Gordon Willis, and they're talking about their kind of vision for the film and. Gordon Willis is showing him a book of like this is kind of how I want it to look with all like the shadows and the light and the dark. But Francis is kind of opposed to the idea. It's like the actors have got to move, right? It's like it's like we can't just they can't just be still constantly. Yeah, because he says about um he says, Well, the actors can move, they'll hit their marks. And Francis is saying, Well, no. I want them to be moving. Uh, they need to move to move organically and smooth. Whereas he's his version of that is well, they can the where they're supposed to go. <laughs> so there's another tension between those two, which I think famously they didn't get on that well. Uh, Gordon Willis and Francis Ford Coppola. I think there was kind of issues in regards to that, and I think. Okay. I think one of the things that this show, like as as we're kind of like getting into it, is I think there was even less faith in Francis Ford Coppola than than there is shown in in this show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's bloody frozen. 
Sorry, man, you froze then. Yeah, I I thought that was the case. Uh, yeah, what yeah. I was saying was there's yeah there's there's what they're not kind of showing is in real life there was even less kind of faith put into Francis Ford Coppola, and it's kind of like they're they're making it out like there's a couple of like butting heads, but like not as much as it was in in real life, where it's like even like all of the crew kind of didn't. I'm not sure if we're going to get to the point where it's like all of the yeah, crew think he's an idiot. I don't know if. Yeah, I don't know if that is it because it it's a funny one with because we seem to be the, they almost want to keep the 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 Francis stuff and the Puzo stuff and the the actual production they got almost quite like we said breezy and light mm-hmm. where the darker stuff is coming from your gangsters yeah or our so I, I don't kind of personal life right yeah it's personal life I think the they almost do want this um, Ruddy, Puzo, Francis, to be a little bit of a gang. And they are like, like we've seen before, is the scenes with them, like, literally high-fiving. It's like, Having they may as well be doing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they may as well be doing the scene from Anchorman, leaving the new studio where they all jump up and high-five. <laughs> they, and they keep it, that kind of stuff, breezy. So I don't know if we'll, we will see, like, Maybe that's why they sugarcoat it slightly how tense things got with Francis Ford Copper and things. And we're getting that darker stuff from Joker and his guys. Who knows? We may get it in in the actual production. Yeah. We may may get it in like the next few episodes of like the kind of, yeah, like the kind of, I don't know. There's a story that uh, he tells on like the the commentary on The Godfather that one day he was hiding in a toilet because he could hear the crew kind of slagging him off like as they like he was kind of on the on the toilet and he kind of lifted his feet up so nobody could see he was in there which is heartbreaking stuff that's real sad stuff isn't it <laughs> horrible um but al comes in with some good news for despite the bickering between uh, francis and gordon uh, with, with the news that pacino is in Pacino's in yeah, he puts his uh, puts his photo on the board so we know that he's back in. And Al, Al Ruddy's in a suit as well. I think Betty McCall yes. uh, mentioned, or they mentioned, oh, you're, you're looking very dapper, but why is he in a suit, Will? That's what I want to know. Because Francis said to him, doesn't he? He says, I've never seen you in a suit before. <laughs> and he says, I've got a, th- I've got a thing. But yeah, he's... Um, He's off to see. Uh, well, he's off to the funeral of uh, Carmine, so he's going to go to the funeral uh, where obviously he'll bump into our our friend Joe Colombo. Is, is is that? Do you think like like is that a good idea? Do you know what I mean? Is that a good idea to go to a gang a, a gangster's funeral? Absolutely not. Again, these, I think this is one of these things where I think this is an invention for the show because I, yeah, I can't see that happening. He just popped along to a funeral of a gangster, and he goes over an ulterior motive as well. He kind of wants to, he wants to he, go he, in and say like, "Oh, Biagi's giving a shit about the production of the film." Yeah, it, again, this is one of those scenes where I think this is just squished together from a lot of things because it would I mean you'd have to be mental to go like well it seems like a good time they're all going to be there 
I'll just pop down now. <laughs> maybe Joe. I would, know where they are. Maybe, yeah. maybe Joe would be like quite sad as well and like vulnerable that I'll be able to sneak in and be like, he'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, f- thanks for coming, Al. Yeah, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, I'll well, speak to Biagi for you. Yeah. Well, you know, the crazy murdering gangster guy, I think I'll catch him at his most vulnerable at his mate's funeral and ask him to sort some shit out for me. I think that'll work. Yeah, good idea, mate. No. So, but yeah, but that's what, well, apparently it does. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happens. And it it, conveniently, Joe's got his own beef with a Biagi as well, right? He's like, uh, oh, he's fucking making problems for me too. And, um, he, he kind of leaves it on this line. He goes, it is what it is. Like, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we're going to, like, I'll, I'll get I'll, I'll get it done, basically. Um, th- then we get, jo- like, again, how bre- how kind of quick cutting this show is. We go from that to Joe Colombo and Senator Biaggi having a meal, discussing things, right? Yeah, literally, I think we've gone from funeral to it being mentioned to straight doing it. Like, he's gonna, he's gone... Funeral's done. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so let's sort it. Let's wrap this so, yeah, funeral straight... up, guys. Yeah, come on. I got things to do. Yeah, I've only got thirty-eight minutes running time. <laughs> so yeah, so we go straight into um, him meeting with Biagio, where he says it's been a misunderstanding. I think this is where you kind of I don't know get like a sense of threat from Joe Colombo in like. Well, he well he openly threatens him, right? He's like, the fucking league got two thousand members, and they got a lot of big fucking families that could vote against you. If 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 all I gotta do is pull on some favors with the league. Yeah, he's he, he, this is these little scenes with all uh um Giovanni um sorry Colombo is where he's quite gangstery and he is quite threatening. Mm-hmm. He he does his thing. But although he's all shoulders and talking like this, he is can be quite threatening. You you do get a sense of danger from him. And this is one of the moments where it's clear that he could fuck his shit up if he wanted to. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And what, what I like is the way that this scene ends as well, is he does a fucking, he does, like, it must be a, a play on his name because the scene ends with like him saying like like they've they've he's getting the feds off his back and then the scene ends with Joe Colombo saying oh and one more thing <laughs> didn't you know no he said yeah another thing yeah he just uh, yeah 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 it ends, yeah, yeah. It ends like a fucking actual Colombo like kind of <laughs> reference of him like and obviously we know as an audience he means like you need to fucking ease off of the Godfather right let them have what they want. Yeah, that that's got to be intentional. You you wouldn't have joke. You wouldn't have someone who have and another thing. Yeah, yeah. I, which I didn't know it until now. But yeah, of course <laughs> it is. Then we get Peter Bart pitching Chinatown to Bob Evans. Right, we kind of get him going like, so it's about uh, it's about the water in L.A. And uh, he's like, <laughs> oh, like, I, uh, what is it? Bob Evans says, I was like, oh. It's, is this the one that's about incest and like <laughs> incest? Um, yeah, incest and water price or something along those lines. Yeah. But again, it's it is one of those again like we had before those name drops where Chinatown and then it, yeah, 
is this I'll read it and he puts it on his desk and yeah. But it's mentioned a few times as well, Chinatown. So Bob Evans is obviously paranoid as well because one of the things that Jack Aubrey said to him at that meeting he had is that Paramount is being sold off and he mentions it to Peter Bart, right? And and like he's like, Did you fucking know anything about this, Peter? Like <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know why I went I went Lois Griffin there for a second. Do you know anything about this, Peter? <laughs> But yeah, so he does. Um, because obviously it's on his mind now because we're having slightly on edge Bob Evans again, where he's got the the look of a man who's gonna do one of his scene stealing breakdowns. But yeah, he's a man on the edge, so he does mention it that, um, yeah, that there's the possibility they're selling Paramount, mm. but it, it, yeah. So it's in the back of his mind. I love, I love, I, I, I love the terminology they use in it as well. Being spun off. Yeah. Is Paramount being fucking spun off? Like I, 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 I need to know. Uh, the, yeah. Then we again we go back to the production office and Dean Francis and Gordy are talking about like having like the compound have walls, right? And like how and there's budgetary like owls there go like how how much is this gonna fucking cost? He's like. Nothing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's styrofoam or painted to look like. And then Gordon Willis is there, kind of putting in his two penny of like, "Wow, oh, it's going to cast shadows in the in the early yeah, morning." Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> during that discussion, Hal's obviously looking over things, and he has that outburst. Was it seventy five thousand dollars for a fucking kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then he calls like an immediate um, meeting. Everyone to the into the conference room. Yeah, yeah. Every production head to the conference room. Yeah, and they 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 have a bit of a discussion. No gangster film since the beginning of recorded history ever needed a working kitchen. It's not just about the cooking. This is the scene where Clemenza is talking to Michael and he tells them that the families have to go to war every 10 years or so. And while he's telling them that, they're just happening to make him tomato sauce. And that's why the scene is so important. I love this scene. You never see anything like it in a gangster film. It's essential. You have to see them making the tomato sauce. It humanizes them. Remember, it makes them relatable. If you want it so badly, you can pay for it. Francis, is that a propane line with special effects? It's practical gas. Propane's fine. No, propane does not burn like practical gas. It does now. Sorry to interrupt. I just got off the phone with... So, you've watched this film just, what, 24 hours ago? Yeah. Did that scene benefit? Would it have benefited? Is it benefited by having a working kitchen, that, that scene with Michael and Clementa? Um... Oh, I mean, would I have noticed it wasn't a working kitchen? Probably not. I wouldn't have gone, ah, oh, fuck this film. That kitchen is not a working kitchen. So, yeah. And but that, it's... It could have been it, it could have been filmed on location for all, all, all I know as well. Like, it, it, it's yeah. obviously a good job because it does look like a does look like an actual inside of someone's home like yeah 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 absolutely but i mean you can see from this that um francis's vision and things you can see where tensions would arise 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's I get it. And 75 grand as well. Like, what is it? Is it he, he says to him, like, we're not opening a fucking restaurant here. Like, yeah, we're not. He lit, yeah, he says, we're not opening a, a, a work, a commercial restaurant. We're making a fucking film. <laughs> yeah, because they want a full working kitchen and 75,000 pounds. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, and the, the, the meeting is, um, well, interrupted by Betty McCart with some good news that they've got the permits again. But then is interrupted by Jack fucking Ballard, who really wants to start making some cuts, right? He's like kind of Yeah, he's got he's um they're way over they're gonna go way over budget and he knows that and he's staying he basically wants them to cut it to pieces now. He wants the whole fucking shitloads. He basically said go through it and make fucking lots of cuts with his little paper he's got his little stickers in the uh the script and stuff where they should be cutting so he's wants these cuts made now well because we get we get we get the moment where the uh costume designer is discussing about like how every scene they're gonna need two suits and stuff like that and like for me like that kind of stuff does bring a level of tension where it's like oh fucking hell like the the, the budget is ramping up when you think about it like that like when- yeah yeah because and she says that, like they're gonna need two suits per seat two suits and that doesn't include them being kitted out for the big wedding scene yeah which- so the you're like fucking you know, hell that's gonna cost a fair few quid then as well and, and that, that that then leads to like even more tech where it's like oh um it could be a small affair, and like small, Francis small, is like cutting in, like he's yeah, the fucking. Could we dumb. not make it? Yeah, could we not make it a small, intimate affair? He's like he's the fucking Godfather. That's not how this shit works. It's the the whole point is it's massive. And then like Andrew Eastman, I think says, "Oh yeah, maybe we could like." roll some of the speaking parts into one he's like oh yeah so we're doing an off-broadway fucking play now Broadway play, yeah <laughs> yeah so they really want to fucking reduce the film by quite a bit yeah and uh oh, I'm, I'm so glad i'm so glad they, 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 they things well things might pull through for them we all know they do we've seen the film um then we get yeah so we get something that ties back to last week's episode with the first time of Andrea and Al kind of having an interaction since they did the deed. Um, and it's quite awkward to begin with. And like Al's very awkward about like them sleeping with each other. And uh, he delivers quite a- like this scene. He delivers a line. He's like, I've just come out of a relationship. But it made me think, is, is that it? Francoise is done then. That's exactly what I thought. I was, again, this is one of the, 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 the faults of this show is like these things happen so quickly and almost like I think I'm guessing that's it for a bit now because she's not, she wasn't in this episode at all. And yeah, he does say that line, I've just come, I've just come out of a relationship. My head wasn't, I didn't know where my head was at. And I was like, oh. So he's he's out. He's definitely out of the relationship now. Because last I knew, she was just going away for a bit. They were on a break. But yeah, so I'm assuming they've had a discussion in the meantime where they always just saying that because he'd been a naughty boy. So all, I don't know. But all, all that scene, like like when she said she's going away, 
what is supposed to mean that's it she's going away and that's it gone. Like, yeah she gone she gone she gone uh, yeah so but the, i did like the the, the i did like this scene actually because it's really being really awkward and her not being awkward at all because yes. the payoff is she says we knew what it was we're both grown-ups yeah and that that it is what it is. That's not even the reason she came in to speak as well, right? She's like, no, because she said we've got a problem, and he was like, ah, oh, yeah, I know we shouldn't have done what we did, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, that's not what I was talking about. No. We're grown ups. That that happened. I'm talking about the fact that we we're very close to shooting. We don't have a Luca Bratzi, like one of the biggest, yeah. like one of the last big roles that we need to fill of the film, and he's like. Oh, uh, uh, okay then. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get on with that. Yeah, I do like that, and I, I do think it is a part of this show making a conscious effort to kind of give the female characters like agency and stuff like that. That that might not possibly like with a lot of stuff of this of the time that it's set wouldn't have necessarily been the case. And also, it without the, it is. Quite a male story because you know the everyone involved in this these strong female characters go because otherwise we would have quite a male orientated show because you you a lot of the your big players without Betty and they are big male characters. I find it really fascinating as well. Like, what a fascinating person Andrea Eastman is. Like. I kind of want to know her story a bit more in the fact of like, how was she like the head of casting yeah. for Paramount in like night in the early 1970s when like, do you know what I mean? You would imagine it being a very male centric world. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Betty McCart yeah. was you know, a, a, a secretary for all intents and purposes, but like mm. Andrew Eastman has got like a, do you know what I mean? Like a, high position within Paramount. Yeah, and again, this is one of those things with this show that, like we said earlier, these are some of the characters you kind of would quite like to give them room to breathe, where they do, sometimes it does come across, although they are great and they're strong characters, they sometimes can be a bit there to be an exposition dump, where they just come in, burst in and go, and you gone again you're like right okay yeah. whereas yeah especially her you'd be interested to know how she got there and what more about her outside of this this contained work yeah. which i think had we have a longer show longer form show and we would have if it was a different type of thing you know potentially if this was went on for a couple of series and things and or someone else it it was a different type of show which we we would have this but it's not that show but it's a shame because it would be quite nice to see more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe at a later date, we'll, we'll discuss whether this could have benefited from being longer, even longer at all, or kind of like being a multi-season arc. But maybe we'll we'll leave that until this show is in our rearview mirror, uh, in a kind of, yeah, in a, in a wrap-up yeah. for the whole show. Um, so Francis... <laughs> says that they may need to go see Bob Evans to ask for a bigger budget. And obviously, uh, Al Ruddy is like, that ain't going to happen. Like, I'm still very much on Bob Evans's shit list. Uh, And then, yeah, we we get get another second. 
Well, it's another thing I've noticed as well is Ali McGraw seems to be getting a bit more screen time in this episode as well because we have a conversation between her and Bob Evans and he's he's there talking about China. He's reading the script for Chinatown. Like, it's Chinatown, that? baby. <laughs> and she asks, like, is there anything in there for me? <laughs> no, 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 nah. nothing for you, babe. No. I mean, but it's quite interesting that they mention normally when we mention a film, we go through a little bit of the cast. Like we have this scene now, which talks about the getaway, where she says, "The getaway will be starring Steve McQueen, directed by Sam Peckinpah," and lists them all off. Whereas Bob Evans just says Chinatown. There's no mention of will be directed by Roman Polanski. <laughs> they kind of wash over that. Well, it's every other name and every cast of every film is ever mentioned. But yeah, so with it, she's good. She wants to make the getaway because it's yeah, Steve McQueen, Sam Peck and Power. She lists off the names of people yeah. in it, and she it's wants. Like, it's like shooting next week. Like, I'm, I'm doing it. Like... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we, and we do get the trajectory of this show will be filmed within the week and in the can as well because everything flies by. But yeah, she, it's happening. But we get to see like a real fucking schneid side of Bob Evans as well, right? Like he, he threatens her saying like, if you do that film, I'll I'm like, yeah, I'll make sure like Paramount never works with your agent ever again and stuff like mm. that. And it's like, what a fucking like, what a manipulative dude he could be, right? You, can't, you are getting yeah, the shade yeah, of being a prick. Yeah, they're, they're not... He is a funny character and he is big and he's great, but they're not shy really of having these hints of him being a bit of, which he no doubt was, a bit of an arsehole. Like, he was a manipulative and he, well, that's how he got where he was, by manipulating people, but not always in the nicest way. So uh, this scene, at first, I yeah, I thought, oh, this scene is just another one of those scenes where we're going to just mention some films and stuff. But yeah, I think that the purpose of it is just to show that he can be a bit of an arsehole. And, and from, from knowing some of the real, real world stuff, I think it's very much setting up something that will come into play, that I imagine will come into play in a later episode. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, that is a, that is a, yeah, there's a big, there's something big coming. Like if they're gonna oh, do okay, it. <laughs> um, and but but then again, he kind of like I don't know, he kind of all brushes it to the side as well with Ali, doesn't he? He's like kind of just like falls back on that thing, like oh, I really stressed out with the Godfather, babe. Like it's 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 it, it really fucking it's really t- turning my turnips. Like he's really like <laughs> he really just pulls that card, doesn't he? Just like. Spout a load of shit and then go. Oh, I'm really stressed at work. Like, I would have me. absolutely loved it if Bob Evans had said it's really turning my turnips. <laughs> I love that. It's really twisting my melon, man. But yeah, so yeah, he's, he's <laughs> yeah, so he's he's stressed now. Um, which kind of is my favorite Bob Evans stress, Bob Evans. Definitely. Um, then we, we, Francis and Al go to see um, Charlie Blue Dawn. What do you think of Francis's look in this? He's very military, right? And he's got that little, like, kind of beanie on as well. So he's beanie on and he's going in there. Yeah. And he doesn't say a word. But then, so they, yeah, they go to see Blue Dawn. Um, Blue Dawn and. Oh, Blue Dawn. 
has their card marked, right, and says this to them. You want more money? Charlie, come on, we just came by to see how your day was going. Ah, it's all bullshit, this being polite is a waste of at least an hour every day. How are you? How's your kids? How's your wife? Well, what do you say? She's got a suspicious mole? Who gives a shit? You're being polite, that's your tell. You want more money. You agreed to do this film for 4.5. It can't be done for 4.5. Low budget specialist, my ass. Look, Charlie, I got all the actors to work for scale, including Marlon Brando. I'm getting tax breaks from the city. It's just still not enough money. Have you spoken to Evans? He's not returning my calls. Oh, and whose fault is that? I warned you. You made this bed you're sleeping in, Ruddy. <laughs> I'm gonna make you an offer. You take it or leave it. Ruddy, you and Coppola can get six million. You both have to put up your fees against any overages. We'll have to talk about that. We'll take it. He spoke. We're done. Get the fuck out of my office. We could have got to 6-5. He said take it and leave it. Let it go, Al. Corleones are expecting us for dinner. Um... What, like we haven't really spoke about Bern Gorman too much, right? Like, what's your what, what was your knowledge of Bern Gorman before before this show? Like, were, were, were you excited if you ever saw him turn up in anything? I'm not that aware of him. And then it wasn't until looking into the IMDb, I was like, ah, and stuff. So. Are you? Sorry, man, you froze again then. Oh, I didn't say anything. I was just... I think I just um, sat still. Oh, sorry, it was my... <laughs> sorry, it was, I, think it was, I think it was my screen. Um, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, I wasn't that aware of him. But the, the, he, these Bloodhorn scenes are great because he, he's quite understated because he's not Bob Evans' mental. He's a different kind of mental, though, right? Yeah, he's got that steely look about him where's Bob Evans just goes into a fucking room and he's got that look about him where yeah he's got a steely almost dead-eyed look where you go fuck I'm not fucking with him well he's he's made a career of playing like these kind of like untrustworthy people right he's in Dark Knight Rises as Stiver I think who's like again like quite an untrustworthy guy and um well, yeah, he has got a, he has got it as an he's got that look. Mm-hmm. Again, he he plays intimidating, but not in that mobster, angry, fucking in your face, intimidating. He's got a, that look about him where you would be intimidated by him if you were in a business meeting with him. You'd think, oh fuck it, oh yeah, I'm in the shit here. He's got that yeah that vibe. And the fact that, like, what, he's a fucking, like, he, this is one of the many things he owns, do you know what I mean? He's like a proper, like, entrepreneur businessman. He's just, like, paramount is small change somewhat to me. Like, I can can have whatever I want kind of thing. He's, like, kind of, and the fact that, you always feel bad for him that they just keep fucking pestering him in a weird way, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, oh. Yeah. And he, 
it goes back to what he said before about it, it being sentimental about things. He's not sentimental about things. He's sentimental about money. And that is that comes across in his his vibe as a yeah. I, he he's a money man. Aren't we all? I love that speech that he says about like how pleasantries are kind of ruining people's days. Like we waste time with like how are you? It's like <laughs> Yeah, just get the fuck on with it. Yeah. She, ah, she's got a suspicious mole. Ah, fuck off. Like <laughs> So um Al and Francis, as as Francis said, have got a dinner date with the Corleone family. Um and yeah. Francis delivers a speech. He's uh, gathered the entire cast who are playing the Corleone family. So we have Marlon Brando there. We have Al Pacino. We have Diane Keaton, Talia Shire, um, Morgana King, James Kahn. James Kahn. Giovanni Rabisi and John Cavale is there. John Cavallo? Yeah. Is that the actor's name? Yeah, John Cavallo. No. Yeah. Yeah. I why why am I why am I thinking this? That, yeah, of course it's fucking John Cavallo. Uh, Robert Duval as well. Like we have the yeah. No, he's there. John Cazale. It's not Cavallo, it's Cazale, isn't it? John Cazale. Yeah. Oh, it's, the sh- it's the it's the shit wine, mate. It's the shit wine. It's got to it's got to my head. Um yeah, Francis delivers this speech to them. Oh, I want to thank you all for coming out tonight. This is very exciting. You all look wonderful. And I just thought it would be really nice to have the Corleone family come together for a real Italian dinner. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Before we all start shooting in a couple days. That's it. Just enjoy yourself. See wherever you want. And let's eat. Manja. What do you, what do you make of this scene, especially this like this first moment where it's it's quite awkward around the table once he delivers that speech right about them all sitting down and like yeah, so I'm not sure we're gonna like I like this scene to start with. I thought it was really good. I thought ah oh, such it's clever because a Brando sits at the top of the table automatically and you can see the people getting into the characters and stuff. But it is one of the things that I went, fuck me, this show is on the nose sometimes. You know, I... What's your, what's your issue with this saying words? Is this where we're going to fall out? No, I liked it. And I did like it, but it was just a little bit... I don't know. I really wanted to like because I knew you would love this scene, and I think I'm right that you loved it. Yeah, I do love this scene. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I wanted to, and I was loving it. And then I don't know. Something just, I thought, ah, I, it's a little bit. I <sighs> think if this scene had time to breathe, if we just got, like, more of them around the table and, like, more I of think the that's kind my, of I think that was my, that was my problem, I think, a little bit, is it was so clever to start off how Brando sat at the top of the table and they found their places. We dived straight. If we had had, you could, uh, this is, this scene, and I'm assuming this is the scene you were talking about, could have easily been an episode. Yeah. Could've... Where we could have gone between the characters and slowly built up to that 
what happens in the scene where we slowly build up them to becoming the characters. But it was so quick that they just fell into these roles and there could have been a whole episode of this 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 meeting that could have had cutaways. Absolutely. Like it could have started, say, with like Francis going to going to the mill and then like did like kind of cool cutaways where it had like other people like I don't know, yeah, John Cazale like cuts back to him earlier on in the day, like and then hit leading up to do you know what I mean? Like a kind of yeah. five 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 minute sequence of him kind of like his nerves beforehand and like kind of getting to that because there's a lot of there's a lot of people we're just kind of all of a sudden introduced to like we've never seen James well, Khan, like we've never seen any of these people before. Yeah. It was one of the scenes where I think if you weren't completely which this show has done really well up until this. Like, if you weren't completely, like, in The Godfather and knew everything about The Godfather, it is when you, I think Diane Keaton and things would have passed you by. You Uh wouldn't have gone, because we haven't had, and they fell into their characters so quickly. Sounded a bit cringy, mate. Yeah. I I, I was like. I think the thing I, I like about it is the fact that I know that this is something that, like Francis Ford Coppola actually did with the actors, but he did it over like yeah. over like a week. Yeah, they think that if again, we, like you, exactly how you put it, if we'd had those cutaways to them preparing to go for the the dinner and maybe James Khan, because he literally just is sunny at the table, uh-huh. and I was like, but yeah. just, it was a bit. I, I I don't know. It just it was a it was a great scene. But it was too quick. Uh-huh. It all happened too quickly yeah. and too. And it, the kiss the ring bit was a bit fucking fringy, mate. Yeah. So let 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 let's hear let's hear Brando delivers a speech. It kind yeah. of as the dawn. I appreciate having the whole family together for my birthday. Many things happen in life: celebrations, tragedies, births, deaths. But through it all, what's right here is what's important. Family. May you live forever. Ah, salute! Salute! <laughs> you make this? Hmm. Mom's recipe. Of course, it's the best thing I ever put in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Hey, Stugat, you know how lucky you are? <laughs> I think she's the lucky one. You don't know what you're in for. You're gonna need both hands to deal with that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I only need one hand to enforce my rules. What did you just say? Did you just threaten her? I think what the, the this scene they're trying to do is is almost like they shit themselves and gone like, oh shit, we we didn't have the time to. That, I feel like they've they've squandered it by not introducing like John Cazale and yeah, all exactly. All of it's, these it's characters a real... beforehand. So it feels like a real missed opportunity. They've just protracted it into this one scene where they go from being the actors to their characters in like the space of like boom. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like Yeah. Like <sighs> I, Yeah, I would have quite liked to have seen your James Carnes and stuff. I think they they Yeah, they they, they missed an opportunity. And I get what they were doing. I just don't think it was pulled off very well. 
when when they did these meals as well is there is some really great like kind of real life stuff that happened that would have been fascinating to see apparently brando had an issue with giovanni rabis uh, uh giovanni carlo like uh about like yeah about about his like um him not being an actor because he, he he wasn't really do you know what I mean like the Giovanni yeah. Russo? Yeah, it was like you're you're not an actor, and Giovanni Russo actually squared up to Brando, and like kind of like was like, do you know what I mean like what the fuck? Like you're not gonna you're not gonna take yeah. this away from me. And Brando thought he was acting and was like, whoa, whoa, this guy, this guy's great. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Good thing we got this guy yeah. on board. And it's like that would have been great, but the way they do it with this whole like him and the character of Carlo like like threatening and the thing is they're just they're really trying to make uh Giovanni Russo look like a piece of shit as well, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they uh, again, I, yeah, they, like you said, the the jump from James Khan especially to being sunny. Is I just fucking cringed a bit because it was like so on the nose and happened so quickly to then the the chanting of kiss the ring. It just felt a little bit like, and we I get it because you cut you constantly cut back to Francis doing his like nodding and going with his smug face like ah this is the shit this is working, but oh, I don't know I I. I want more. I wanted more, more from this. I wanted. It. I, I'm, I'm a bit annoyed because my favorite thing in this show is these little, like, Brando. Because that, that's such a great way of, when they introduce Brando. It was such a thing. I'm always like, Ugh. same with Pacino. Same with, but we kind of just had Keaton, Deval, Khan, all bang thrown in. Yeah. You're like, oh right, so they're in it now. Yeah, and it's it just feels a bit yeah. It definitely feels un- underutilized mm. in, in a way where it's like, ah, oh, I really, yeah, I, I, I wish there was more. And it's like, I don't know. And I guess, yeah, I guess to, we'll talk about in uh, more detail at a late point, but it's where it probably could have benefited from even being longer, if that's a weird thing to say. Like, well, yeah, no, uh, it's, it's quite a weird scene to have. So short, and in one of the shortest episodes. Uh huh. I don't know. Don't really know why it wasn't longer. Yeah. You know I mean, because you, you could have had half. You don't. You you could have had easily had half the episode that scene, and still had the runtime of an hour, because it was thirteen minutes shorter. Do you know I mean you could have easily had that as a good twenty minute bang in the middle sequence? Yeah, I don't. I I'm a, I'm yeah I'm a bit baffled as to why it was so brushed over yeah when there's other scenes that we've had where you go i don't really know why they were there they were fun but you go yeah oh it just feels like this episode as we've kind of said is there's a lot to set up do you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's like they've kind of gone ah oh, the final five episodes have got to be about the making of the film mm. uh and like maybe like the last half of the last episode will be the premiere, do you know what I mean? And the kind of legacy yeah, yeah. Like, of, of the of the film or whatever. But yeah. Um 
it could have just done with that extra 17 minutes it like and it could, yeah. it could have benefited from it from from getting more out of this scene yeah i do agree with you i i i i like it like there are moments that there, there's a moment to begin with i think when brando sits down when they first start moving that like genuinely like gave me goosebumps i, just, I feel like a bit of a oh a, yeah that, a fool yeah, for saying and, that but then like yeah like you say like Nah, that stuff was wicked. How he went to the top of the table, and that was really good because you, but yeah, just bits of it. It was a bit elements of the scene were a bit clunky. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I totally understand that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's not where we fall at. It's where we kind of have. It's fine. We've a reasoned, a reasoned adult conversation about and kind of come to a mutual, <laughs> mutual understanding. Agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we get to the next day. I think this is this is why it seems like because they've just got to rattle through other stuff because Betty and Al talk and she tells them about how three guys on the crew all have the same security um social security number and that that's a problem. And one of them happens to be Caesar and uh he gets he gets pulled into the office, kind of eating a sandwich, like kind of eating a sandwich. Yeah, really yeah not, sub. Giving, not giving a shit, just kind of like, oh, what do you need? Like the last, so yeah, so we have that again. It's going back to that scene before. It's strange why that wasn't given room to breathe because we have the last 10, 15 minutes of this episode. We absolutely power through scenes. Mm-hmm. It is like a dump of. So you, yeah. So Caesar has got his a couple of his mates on the payroll, basically, all with the same, like you said, the same social security number, which is not a thing. So Caesar comes in, they discuss that, and um, well, he tells him there's one person you got to speak to about that, right? Which is yeah, yeah. Welcome, Joe Colombo. Joe Colombo. And um, yeah, this got to be dealt with. So then I think, is it not straight after Freddie has another visit? Yeah, it's literally, it's it's literally Caesar that. leaves the office and it's like Betty's yeah. in going, oh, the FBI are here. And yeah. that scene as well felt like, it's obviously done for comic effect, but it's like quite tense to begin with. They're like, we're here to see you. And then it cuts to them doing impressions of Hogan's heroes. And obviously like they're, yeah. getting, they're getting on with him. And then it's like, okay. like yeah, well, it, it, Again, another weird bit of writing in a sense, because you, it literally, that's exactly how it happens. And then you go, oh, here we go. Another bit of tension for Ruddy. And then it cuts to them getting on like a house get, on fire. <laughs> yeah, with a cup of coffee and just chilling out. And it again, it's been like, and yeah, like you said, they're doing the Hogan's hero impressions and really say, like, yeah, well, you know, this is how. It, and they just give him a bit of piece of the FBI guy. The the agent is like, well, let me give you a piece of advice. They're naughty boys, so be careful. Yeah, and that's it. You're like, all right, try and get him to so wear a like wire, that. don't they? And like, yeah. Considering the cops we got, what, in, like, episode two or whenever it was, when, like, there was those two cops who came to the, the yeah. lot and were, like, absolute... With the fedoras fu- and smoking... Yeah. Like, and were fucking and, like, arseholes, they were, weren't they? They were, like, real, Real like, arseholes. 
where these guys have come in, the FBI now, who you know he's got connections to the mob, and have gone, ah, nice guy. Whatever. Yeah, you're a good, yeah, you're a good guy, Al. You're a good guy, Al. He literally says it. He says, you're a good guy, Al, but let me give you a piece of advice. Be careful with these mob guys. Everyone yeah. is a bit naughty. Like, all right. Yeah. But yeah, this is what happens in this episode for some reason. Like we say, it is definitely a mid-season episode. Let's get some shit out of the way. Because then you kind of bang through stuff now. So you got we have that and we go straight into in it, Betty and we no. go straight to Betty now. No, straight to Bob getting that call from um uh uh Barry Lapidus, oh, yeah. which is quite a, Barry Lapidus. quite a quite a good little thing like where it's like he really wanted to stick the knife into bob evans didn't he and he's like kind of like oh yeah we're, well we're gonna be selling off paramount and you kind of like see yeah because he he, he does it in his own his brickish way he says like um i just phoned you to say uh well done and you were right about love story and yeah it was right and by the way it's given us more leverage yeah. to sell paramount yeah, the, <laughs> the stock because of you the stock is up so he basically makes him feel like says, Thanks, Bob. Yeah. And um Yeah, that then it's straight to the scene with Betty and Charlie. That's that, that's the one you were talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're having again, they're fucking rocking through stuff. They're just together having dinner. And um, yeah, they're having dinner. And um, Charlie says basically to Betty, like, um, is this what you wanted to do with your life? Did you just want to be making cups of tea for Al Ruddy? And she's like, Oh, did is that what you think I do? And he says, Oh, well, isn't that what a secretary does? And she says, I'm not just any secretary. I'm Betty fucking my cat. I'm Betty Yeah, so basically she offers him a job. I'm sorry, he offers her a job because and it becomes clear. To Betty, Betty has a oh shit! They're selling off Paramount. Yeah, yeah, and immediately she she calls Ruddy to tell him right. They're like they're fucking, yeah, they're selling off Paramount, and then we go back to Bob Evans. Oh, back to Bob, who says this? I'll tell you what they're doing, Peter. They are using my success against me. Yeah, nothing set in stone. They fought me tooth and nail. They told me not to make love story. I put my balls on the line. I knew people wanted a romance. I knew that Allie was a star. I knew people would fall in love with her. I fucking delivered the biggest movie ever, ever. And now they're taking my baby away, selling her off for spare parts. I don't think so. Fuck that. What the fuck? Hey. Hey. What are you doing here? We got a work order to map out the cemetery expansion. Get the fuck off my lot. Excuse me? I said, get the fuck off my lot. Hey, hey, hey. This is exactly what I said was going to happen. Fucking you Caesar a lot. Um, yeah, then we cut to... So we got a, we got a little glimpse of it there. We cut straight to Al getting a call from Joe Colombo saying... I've heard you've been giving Caesar a lot of questions. Like, uh, if you got a problem with with anything, you come, you come see me. You come see me. Like, Al tries to talk to him about it over the phone. He's like, "No, you fucking come see me." 
Um, yeah. Um, he says that he says, um, Al says, well, I'm actually busy. And he says, I'll see you. Yeah, busy. I'll see you in an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What do you think of that scene, though, of, of Bob Evans kind of lo- like, re- like really starting to lose his shit, right? It's, it's, it it's only great. means good things are coming, right? If, if obviously shit is going to hit the fan, it means that fucking... Like I said earlier, my my favorite Bob Evans is losing it, Bob Evans, because he plays it so fucking well when he does when he does his manicness. <laughs> he fucking charges out there and, and throws the things to the ground. It's my lot. It's great. Yeah, I I again, well, fucking repeating myself. But I could watch Bob Evans being Bob Evans. I just want a series of him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the sets of different films. Fucking losing his mind. <laughs> that's what I want to see. Yeah, that, maybe maybe that's why they missed the trick. It should have been about Bob Evans, and they could have. Yeah, that's a serious. No, but well, Paramount, Paramount yeah. have got have got the material to do it right. He was the head of Paramount. They can do a kid stays in the picture series. I do wonder of... if this show had picked off more than it has because it, it it's not mentioned a lot in the big with the big the big guns and the of tv at the minute like it was nothing there was no emmy stuff anything like that but i do wonder how if that had would have been discussed if mm. it if it had got more traction with awards and critical stuff because they must have seen his performance and gone fucking hell this 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 is the good stuff, like. Yeah, but you don't know because obviously, like, I, I I looked at the offer just looking at it on Twitter, just like search yeah. the phrase, and there's a lot of people just kind of like pra- like a lot of just like people like me and you just praising it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, I mean, and, and I think and like, you... like kind of sometimes stuff do- like doesn't go, and it's not really good. Like a lot of the critics are going to be out for this a very silly literate and a kind of no yeah. know the story of the godfather inside out and are going to have a lot of issues with it whereas like some people just want like a fun hollywood story mini series are going to kind of find a lot to enjoy in it right it's got intrigue oh, it's got yeah mob. I, yeah i mean i i just think it's a shame it's not mentioned more because more people are not watching it because it's for exactly that reason i think We've said it before. I don't think it was it was particularly advertised very well. They had that. It's a bit of a nightmare they had with that original scene that was leaked, where people went, "Oh fuck this," mm-hmm. which is is not representative of the show at all. I just yeah, I think it's true because I think they we potentially could have had more. I, like I, I haven't seen the rest of it yet, but yeah, I I think that would. Fucking love Bob Evans. Oh yes, please. Yeah, let, uh, let, 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 let's just hope. So on the way out of the office, our spots Francis and they have a little chat. You ready? Yeah, I'm just going over the scene like a million times in my head. Is, is the weather gonna be bad? Clear skies, 45 degrees. Perfect weather. Yeah, I, I just can't believe that it's actually beginning tomorrow. I know. You made it happen. We, we made it happen. It's a miracle. Everything that we've been through. They said that this was not going to succeed. They did. And now it's up to me to make sure that it does. And it will. 
And you're gonna make it happen, Francis. It's gonna be great. And then Al heads out to the uh, Italian-American League, yeah, Defamation League office, and well, like their 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 hangout. Um, it's no, no, it's not not as it seems. Is it well? Not as it seems. No, he's been a bit ambushed, really, by all the Joe. So yeah, he gets there, and he's expecting to meet with Joe, but he's met with someone that I can't remember. One of the one of the guys outside says, "Oh, come in, come." Joe's waiting, and yeah, he's there with um, um, Congressman Yeah, Yeah, Congressman. Yeah, Joe, yeah, he's there, and um, yeah, so Ruddy is pretty much ambushed. Into... He's one of them. They lit, uh, they introduce him, and they say, uh, yeah, you're Al Ruddy, the man who's making the Godfather. He's one of us. So, yeah, well, yeah that's like, pretty much where we're... He's like, like... It's because of him and the co- cooperation from Gulf and West and Paramount that, yeah, that that like we've come to a thing that the 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 Godfather can go ahead, like they they've made allowances for us, and says that they'll be donating the proceeds from the premiere to their the charity, and it's like fucking hell, like as the press bulbs are going off and stuff, and so... questions being like fired at Al Ruddy left, right, and centre, like. A paramount happy with this decision. Da, 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 da. How did how did paramount yeah. feel being in bed with the mob? Because <laughs> that's how we we just finish on Al Ruddy's face going to black and white with the questions being fired at him, and then you finish with yeah. How does paramount feel? Yeah. So that's how we end. Are you like is is is? I think I I I gather the tone from both of us is not lukewarm on this episode, but would you say it's the weakest of the episodes so far? Yeah, for me it is. I think, which is strange because it, I I did look at the episode because I have a look on IMDb and look at the episode scores, and it's one of the highest rated episodes. But I think maybe I'm a little bit down on it because we because we just talk about it in depth because we've been watching maybe that's why and i just was a bit disappointed with the dinner scene but it it's not it, it's not been my favorite episode it does i think as we've said throughout this conversation it does feel like an episode that is kind of setting up a lot of dominoes yeah gonna fall in the kind of latter half of this season and it is mm. yeah it's setting up some big things obviously the production like we can only imagine that next episode is when we start to get early scenes that are filmed, like being filmed, and maybe there'll, there'll obviously be more complications along the way. Like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's going to be stuff. Going to be stuff set up with Bob Evans, and obviously, yeah. there's a spanner in the works that they're going to sell Paramount. And the- yeah, it's definitely a it's a setup episode for the second half of this. You know, it, it you can it's a proper middle episode of a season where. It's all set up for the second half now. The, the making of the Godfather, which is fine. And so, yeah, like it's like I don't know. I can see. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next in regards to like 
how is all this because that's that's a pretty fucking big thing that but that, that al ruddy's been put in right the fact that he he's like you can imagine there's going to be a fallout from that do you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah yeah he's 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 in the shit and it this is the thing with this show like we've said it even though this is a, a for me a weaker episode it is such a it zips along at such a pace I'm never not having a good time with this show. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never sitting there going, "Fucking hell!" I, I, I don't think I've an episode of of these that we've watched where I've checked the runtime. Going, "Fucking hell!" There's 20 minutes left of this. Yeah, and I imagine and that's why I was. I imagine an episode like this probably works better as well in the binge format as well. Because you just yeah yeah you just roll into the next episode and get the payoff straight away, right? Like it's not like and this is although we're doing it week by week. Obviously, it, it, it is a bingeable show. Yes, you could quite easily see myself if I had had if I just flicked this on one Saturday afternoon and there was no one here and I was like, let's stick it on, see what it's like. I can quite easily have seen myself blitzing through this. Yeah. I'm going, oh, I can't as well watch the last two episodes now. <laughs> and before I know it, I've watched them all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is definitely one of those I can see that being a thing where you could smash through it. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably that thing that we're, we're putting way too much onto it because we are watching it week by week. We're having a lot of time to like digest it and we're really just talking it all out, right? Whereas yeah. That- I mean, that's, that's probably my, that was, that's why I didn't, click as much with that dinner scene because I've if I had just been binging it if I had watched six episodes in a row yeah it would make total sense that just happened and was done yeah, yeah. but because I'm um, watching we were, we were talking about it I was a little bit like, <laughs> yeah but, it, that is the nature of kind of dissecting things that you then start to go like oh there is a hole in that you start that's when you start picking the holes yeah, yeah. and stuff um so with the offer, like, uh, yeah, are we are we are we leaving the gun or are we taking the cannoli? Are we we still we we we're obviously going to be pressing ahead anyway. But like, how are you feeling after oh. this one? Oh yeah, I'm still fully on board. I like I said, it, it's a weaker episode, but only a weaker episode because we're talking about it. I still have ah, I still think it's a really fun show, and I'm fully on board. Amazing, amazing. So um, next week's episode is called a stand-up guy do you have any uh inclination as to what that could mean who that is referring to i don't know a stand-up guy well obviously we're definitely gonna have i think i think it's gonna be next week is gonna be the ruddy show i've got a feeling we're gonna have a heavy ruddy week because he's in the shit A, a ruddy bloody week yeah, bloody hell! Yeah, so yeah, yeah, a, a, a stand-up guy. Um, for a little, a little um tease for next week, something we haven't done here before. I will read a the brief kind of plot synopsis from IMDb. Ruddy deals with the fallout of his disastrous press conference, while Evans creates a plan to save Paramount. Betty takes action as the first day of filming is compromised by a collision with Gulf and Western Paramount and 
the mafia. Oh, oh. sounds exciting! I kind, I kind, I kind of want to watch it. And um, as I'm on the IMDb page, it is playing like a little clip from the show, and I think we're going to be excited because there's a certain, there's a certain uh, food loving spectacled man who looks like he's back for this episode our boy patrick gallo mario puzo himself good the poos <laughs> is back that's all we need that's what we need to save the day more poos yeah <laughs> uh amazing so um yeah if you've been if you've enjoyed this episode uh if you've been enjoying the offer please don't hesitate to get in touch you can do that on all the social media so that is twitter instagram facebook letterboxd and tiktok at caged in pod or you can drop me an email and uh yeah if you've got anything you want to say to to me or will i'll happily pass on the word so you can drop me an email which is caged in pod at gmail.com uh yeah i, 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 I love to chat to you guys i'm sure and and, and do it on do it on the socials as well me and me and will having a lot of fun doing this are you guys having fun listening to it sometimes it's very hard to know like you 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 listen to you kind of put these episodes out obviously i can look at the numbers i mean people are listening but sometimes like are we doing a good job like i don't know maybe maybe people aren't uh, more people aren't listening because people aren't watching this show obviously what 10 hours is a lot of commitment to ask from people right yeah, but I think if you do watch it, you'll have a lot of fun. And you can recommend wine for us. I'd really like some wine recommendations yes. because we've had a fucking May this week. Yes. Give so it's us... a wine recommendations. Yeah. By the time this episode goes out um, next week, we would have maybe have made a bad decision on the wine we've got. I don't. But, yeah, I don't want to make another bad decision. But, but, um, Episode seven, and I can say to you now that episode seven, so not next week, the week after, will be White Wine Week. So we'll be doing we doing some white wine uh, next week. We haven't got a theme. It's just it's just more red. It's just more more red. Yeah, more 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 gout inducing red wine. Uh, I'm open to themes. If anyone wants to give a theme, yeah, yeah, yeah. because I'm 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 open to a theme. Maybe maybe we'll call it now. Should we do bubbly week next week? Should we do a bit of bubbly? A l- little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of bubbly. I'm up for a bit of bubbly. All right. Nice. So so next week, if you're drinking along with us, we'll be drinking we'll be drinking some fizz. A little a bit of carver or a bit of prosecco, something something with a bit a little bit of a, a little bit of a uh, yeah, a little bit of a lovely a, stuff. A little bit of pep in our step. Uh nice. So as always, I have been Petrus Pat Syllabus. I've been Will Chich. Uh, we've been watching, yeah, we've been making an offer that you can't refuse. So tune in next week as we get to know a stand-up guy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, Home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs is more than a podcast network, it's family.